swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple block. <laughs> yes. That guy's going to swing no matter where he is. Ace, it's over. Welcome to Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Steve Vale. This could be a record-setting show like BYU's second set on Thursday, Steve. Yeah, I'm telling you, that that set was epic and a bit of a heartbreaker, but uh, it was fun to watch some amazing volleyball. 45-43, we'll talk about it, and the fact that BYU lost, which is part of the show lineup, at number 9 Grand Canyon Thursday night, Cougars go down in three. What happened? We'll discuss. This week's Cougar conversation is with 2020 setter of the year, Will Stanley. Steve's wow moments of the week in 80s or 90s movie or TV show of the week as well. Where are they now? Featuring one of the best players in BYU history, Taylor Sander, one of our favorites. And we'll chat with head coach Sean Olmstead about the difference between this team and last year's team. So let's get you updated with the last week of Cougar volleyball. BYU came back down 1-0 and 2-1 to beat Grand Canyon in five sets at home last Saturday. It felt like it wouldn't be shocking if the Lopes took one of the two back in Phoenix, and they did on Thursday, but it was shocking nonetheless. 25-22, 45-43, more on that in a moment. Then 25-10, BYU just gets pasted in the third set. So what's your reaction, Steve, to BYU losing for a second time this year? Well, you could tell. I was able to watch a recording of it, and unfortunately the third set cut out like really early. like Or fortunately. Well, yeah, I guess, right? <laughs> I wasn't super shocked to see that it was kind of a blowout in that third set because that second set was literally two sets in a row. It was so long. Yeah. And to lose that, I mean, taking, talk about taking the air out of the building. Like, BYU was just done. Now being down 2-0 after getting just destroyed, uh, or not getting destroyed, but barely losing that really long set, then getting destroyed in the third set because, my gosh, how do you come back from that and have to win three in a row from a really good Grand Canyon Canyon team? Not going to happen. So BYU goes 45-43 in the second set. It's an NCAA record for the longest set in history. Uh, 86 was the previous record. This was an 88. BYU had played an 86-point set, losing 44-42 to Lewis in 2003 in the NCAA tournament. So Sean Olmstead had been there. We'll talk to him about it coming up. That is a crazy set, man. That is insane. 17 set points for GCU, 9 for BYU, and the Lopes win it. And ultimately, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was, and that's the thing. You play in a set like that, I mean, if you lose that, you're pretty much toast. And and that was the thing. It went back and forth so many times. BYU would be down. They'd side out. They'd get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'd get an ace and they'd have the advantage. And then they'd go in the net. And it'd just be like, ah, back and forth, back and forth for like a year. It was crazy and just sad to watch them not get it pulled out. Okay, BYU loses for a second time this season. And it came to Grand Canyon. Not shocked that it came to Grand Canyon, Steve, because the previous weekend – BYU won in four sets against Grand Canyon on, on uh, Thursday, but it was a do-set match, all four sets. And then it was tight again, and BYU had to come back on Saturday. So I'm not shocked. Playing you know a team four times in a row is tough. More on that later in our trivia question. But it is shocking because of the way BYU played last year and the way they're playing this year. And we've talked about it on the air during the, the uh, TV broadcast as well. But it's the same group, so what's the issue? I think part of it, it's, it's hard to kind of break this down, but first of all, last year, they felt like they should have been number one, and they just played their guts out every match going into that. Ranked the, number two all year right. until and, beating Hawaii that last week. At the weekend. very end of the, of the season, when, which was cut short, 
But BYU played with a chip on their shoulder the entire year to get that respect and that ranking. They come out of the gate ranked number one. So basically they're already peaking right at the beginning of the year. And it's a different mentality. It's a different mindset. And being successful in volleyball is such a, a moving target. Your team is growing and changing every week. So is everybody else. Plus, you're not a surprising giant this year. Now everybody knows how good you are and everybody's gunning for you. So I, it's it's everything is so different. I'm actually glad they lost because I think now it's going to get them to turn it up a notch and maybe play like they did last year going forward. And maybe they will be able to peak in, in uh, late April or, or May. Hawaii will certainly take over number one. Will BYU drop beyond number two? We'll see because BYU's looked vulnerable. This is not only a second loss, but BYU's played a lot of do sets. BYU's shown that it can be beaten or close thereof. And that was last week. It was like, hmm, BYU got away with one. Um, and then BYU did not. So now they play today. And uh, this is a match that BYU needs to win. If BYU loses this one, I, th- I think there are some serious concerns. If BYU wins this one, I'm like, okay, it's going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if they lose again today, I, there's definitely going to be blood in the water, and every other team is going to be like, dun, dun, coming after them, right? Yes, so, at the end of sets against BYU. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I don't know. I, I'm actually really curious to see how they're going to play today uh, with uh, you know with everything on the line. Again, it's really early in the season, and they can definitely build from whatever – but yeah, they've definitely showed some vulnerability already in the year, and so they got to figure some stuff out for sure. Okay, little drama, little conflict, never hurt anybody. BYU's got that going now with men's volleyball, BYU and GCU today again. Each week, we're going to connect you with a former player in a segment called "Where Are They Now?" Today's guy's one of the greats, Taylor Sander. What's up, Cougar Nation? It's Taylor Sander. I'm currently living in Poland with my wife Rachel and my little boy Atley, playing my sixth professional season with PG Scraw. I'm super excited for the summer and continuing my road to Tokyo. I hope you guys can follow along as we work to reach uh, the gold medal match and bring home the gold. Uh, I'm super excited to watch the BYU boys this this year, and I hope that they can win a national championship. Go Cougars! Always good to hear from Taylor. Playing in Poland, brother Brendan's there as well. Number one in kills in the rally year, number one all-time in aces. In the rally era, second in kills per set. He had 350 as an outside hitter and sixth in digs as well. He was so fun to watch, Steve. Yeah, I'll tell you, I think one of the really cool things about men's volleyball is watching these high flyers, these guys that are incredibly athletic. And his mechanics, were, I mean, he was so fluent. Like, he's just like, Amazing watching him play and just float through the air, watching him hit the bick, which he still does a ton for the USA team. I mean, he is just powerful and he's like Michael Jordan out there, just so poised and amazing. Okay, coming up, why is this team different from last year's team? Sean Olmstead will discuss that. Plus, our conversation with senior setter Will Stanley. His family is incredible at volleyball. Will's pretty good as well. This is Over the Top on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Over the Top. I'm Jerem Jordan with the Steve Vale. Will Stanley took over for the only center in BYU history to set BYU to three Final Fours in Leo Durkin. And last year, Stanley entered his name into the pantheon of great BYU setters by winning Off the Block's Loy Ball Award for Best Setter in the Country. This week's Cougar Conversation is with the Super Senior Setter. All right, Will. Obviously, uh, volleyball's in your blood. Uh, did you start playing when you were little? I like to say I started playing when I was two or three years old. I didn't, I mean, it wasn't really volleyball, but I, I actually have a picture in my house of me as like a two-year-old with a little ball in my hand. 
And I just, I kind of was always around the gym, you know, I had my mom, my dad were both coaches and players. I was around the gym my whole life and they were both volleyball coaches. I never, I never got forced to play volleyball, which is kind of nice, but it just so happened that I was around it so much with my brother and everybody else, you know, that, that volleyball just became kind of the, the go-to, the, the reason I wanted to play was just that I, I've done it since I was a little kid. And your dad, John, plays basketball and volleyball at BYU. Now, I, I said this on the air. A, a guy named David North challenged me on saying that Ryan Millar was the greatest player ever at BYU. He said, no, no, no. John Stanley was the best in the 60s, your dad. So what, what's the truth? Is your dad the best player in BYU history? I want to see the tough thing is I know both of those guys. My dad was the best club player in, in BYU volleyball history. I'll give him that. But I mean, <laughs> That's it's, hard, it's hard to argue Ryan Millar's gold medal. It's hard, it's hard to argue his gold medal in 2008. And I mean, you, you look at his stats at BYU and it's, I think he did more at BYU than my dad did. But, but from definitely from 60 to 90, I think my dad's probably the best player at BYU. And then once they became an NCAA sport, I, 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 I struggle to put my dad in the top five if you take him from, from when they became an NCAA Division One sport. And your dad's legacy is beyond BYU, certainly, right? He played against Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. He's, he's continued to compete forever throughout the senior circuit and still been good. And obviously, uh, you know, he, he, has, he has Clay as a son, who's a, a gold medalist and multi-Olympian and considered one of the greatest opposites ever. And, of course, you and now uh, the, the second John. I don't know if he's junior, but the second John. And uh, so it's, it's quite the legacy, man. It's, it's pretty cool. What do you think of all that? My dad's played volleyball since he left college. I mean, he hasn't stopped playing volleyball. And, and it definitely is something to think about growing up, you know, when you're, when you're starting to play, just that idea that you have my dad, who's, who's in the Volleyball Hall of Fame. And then you have my brother, who will, will probably be in there. I mean, he retired five years ago now. So he's, I think it's, he's getting close to being able to get nominated. But He'll be in there. I've got, yeah, I've got two family members who are going to be Hall of Famers. And just, you know, that legacy that it, growing up, it was tough. I think just having to realize that, you know, you're not so much of just playing volleyball, playing volleyball, you're, you're playing volleyball to keep up with tradition. And it's, you know, it's sweet because I got to do things that I feel like a lot of volleyball players don't get to do. You know, I went to three Olympics and I got to watch my brother play at the highest level. I watched my dad play at, at the highest level nationally. And, and I've got, he's got tapes of him back in 1968 playing in the Olympics in Mexico city. So, you know, th- to, to live up to that's definitely been something where it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. The ability for both of them to just kind of, you know, encourage me and, and they just treat me as if they were fans, you know, they don't, they don't try to coach me. They don't try to do anything. Just they'll, they'll call me, text me and say, Hey, great game. Nice job. You have a pretty gnarly jump serve yourself. Clay is obviously uh, very known for his, but your, your abs have kind of stopped you from being able to, to really roll with that in the last, uh, I don't know, maybe the last whole year. How, how is your body feeling? Are you thinking you're going to bring that back or is that just really uh, put a lot of wear and tear on your body? I, I've jump served my whole life. And I think that was, that was one of the things that got me to where I was, was that I wasn't really just a setter. I want to, as much as I can, I want to, I did jump serve. I did jump serve last night against GCU. So oh, you I, did. it felt good. My, my body, my abs. Yeah. My abs feel, my abs feel hundred percent. It was just the, the ankle wasn't letting me really jump as much as I wanted to with, with mm. how it's been just in the, the little bit of tweaks I've gotten here and there, but I got, I mean, I was, I felt good. I was, I was able to do it. So I actually went in and I, I jump served yesterday. It felt good. So the plan, as long as they can keep going, is I'm going to jump through for the rest of the season now. Do you have hobbies? Do you have secret talents? What 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 do you what can you do, man? Yeah, um, hobbies. I definitely I'm a golfer. I, I think that was something I picked up 
a few years ago, I just, I love the golf. I mean, it, it's, it's another thing to kind of get my mind off of volleyball. I, I suck at golf. I'm, I'm probably like a 13, 14 handicap, but it, it's just, it's a new challenge for me. It's something that I can kind of go and, and learn how to do, learn the fundamentals and, and play hopefully for a long time. The one thing we like is, I mean, because I mean, Davide plays it with me. Gabby plays a lot. I mean, just it's not as physically demanding as volleyball is. So we can go out and play golf and play 18 holes and feel pretty good. So you're not a ballroom dancer. You don't know how to break dance. You're not uh, one of those types of guys, a skydiver or maybe a cliff diver. <laughs> if it doesn't, if it doesn't involve a sport, you're usually a ball, any, any land sport. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty horrendous at it. Okay. Will with one L what's the story there? A country Western actor. And I forgot his last name, but he was my dad's favorite actor and his name was Will. And it was spelt with one L and that was, that was kind of part of the reason. And then my, my, on my dad's side's name is William. Who's your favorite Punahou alum? I think Taylor Crabb. I think he was, he was kind of what, one of the early guys who put Hoy on the map for volleyball, you know, after, after all those beach guys, you know, the Steinmetzgers and, and all those big beach names. I think Taylor was that first person kind of put this new era of volleyball plant for, for indoor volleyball, first of all, with him going to Long Beach and getting player of the year in Long Beach. I think that kind of that kind of paved the way for all of us. You know, the Michael Ma'az and, and Michael Christensen, all those guys have just, there was somebody that could go from Hawaii who was, you know, 6'1", 6'2", and, and be a dominant player in NCAA volleyball. And I think that that kind of group, you know, the the Taylor and Trevor Crab, the McKibben brothers, the Sojis, I think that kind of put Hawaii on the map and kind of helped us growing up being able to get looked at by college coaches because they were they were seeing these kids from Hawaii being, you know, dominant players in, in Division One volleyball and that that pushed all of us to want to do that same. I was waiting so, for a Barack Obama. I don't want to pick, but I guess not. Yeah, I was I was thinking, but I feel like everyone would have said that. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to go with traditional. <laughs> Well, awesome. Uh, Will, this has been fun. Good luck uh, against Grand Canyon in match two, and uh, we'll catch up with you later in the season. Thank you very much, guys. Steve, Will's an awesome dude. What a family, right? John, Clay, his brother John's on the team. That's pretty awesome. Mom has been coaching forever. I'm sure there's others we don't even know about that are good. He's played through an ab injury, now an ankle injury. He's been a key to BYU's success for a few years now. Yeah, he has, and we saw what BYU was like without him on the floor, and uh, they had some work to do, but with him out there, boy, they – they got things dialed in, and they are very, very powerful. Will Stanley, great to have him. Always good to have the best setter in the country. Okay, Steve says wow a lot during the matches, so naturally it's time for... This is Steve's <laughs> Moments of the Week. And there have been several the last week. Steve, what's up? Yeah, I'll just try to narrow them down to a couple. Uh, BYU last uh, Saturday, down 1-0, then they're down 2-1. to Come back and win in 5. And Sean's ability to use the challenges to, to quell any kind of momentum that Grand Canyon was trying to get in that fifth. So winning that in five was awesome. The second set, uh, man, the other day, 45 to 43. That was a, an epic match, and, and my homer side coming out, uh, a bit of a heartbreaker for BYU. So And that and the fact that this they have BYU a second— This is BYU Radio. It's all good. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> the fact that they have two losses already, which they never had last year. Crazy. Those are big-time wild moments. That was Steve's Moments of the Week. As we go to break, here's today's trivia question. BYU's playing Grand Canyon four times in a row, two in Provo, two in Phoenix. How many times have the Cougars played the same opponent four consecutive games? The answer after the break.
Today's trivia question, how many times have the Cougars played the same opponent four consecutive games? The answer, never. It's never happened. That's a pandemic thing. You're not going to play a team four times typically. Maybe three in the MPSF tournament, but BYU playing Grand Canyon four times in a row, that has never happened with any opponent in Cougar volleyball history. Well, game three of those four was Thursday. BYU was swept by number nine Grand Canyon. A surprising situation given that last year BYU played so well, and then this year now the matches are a little tight, and BYU's dropped two matches already this year. BYU only lost once all of last year. Here's our conversation with head coach Sean Olmstead about it from yesterday. All right, Sean, obviously a, a tough way to go down for the uh, second loss of the season, a sweep at uh, Grand Canyon, highlighted by the longest set in NCAA history, which is crazy, a 45-43, 88-pointer, uh, which is just just insane. So uh, I guess what are your thoughts about uh, Thursday night's loss? That, that team definitely put on put it on us, you know, and we knew coming down here that this these were going to be tough matches. Uh, you know, we played them last weekend. We played them. Uh, and some really competitive matches in Provo. So we were we were fully aware of uh, the guys they've got, the personnel, and uh, flat out they just played better than us last night. They were, you know, they really limited their errors uh, all over the place, and we were a little too error prone at certain at certain moments in the match. And we had opportunities to win that second set, you know, a little earlier on. The guys came back from from a, a big deficit right or deficit right off the start and we were in it but uh just a few too many mistakes and these these guys are learning pretty quickly that um no one's just gonna kind of roll over for them no not that we are are communicating that to them or discussing it but they're just learning that um it's it's a tough road it's always going to be and and so you know together we've got to kind of right the ship and figure things out that second set is just unbelievable, and BYU has nine set points. Grand Canyon has 17 set points. I've never seen wow. anything like that, but I realized that, Sean, you had played in a match in 03 on the team with against Lewis in the NCAA uh, you know, tournament that went uh, 86 points, 44 to 42. So you'd kind of been there before, but it's a little different playing versus coaching, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, it just it just went back and forth, and you, we had opportunities. They had opportunities. So you're you're proud of the guys for grinding through the times that that those guys could convert and and could close things out, and uh, and then of course you look at uh, you just look at a, quite a few that are you know stuck stick out in my mind that you know we wish we could have had back. You know we we. We could have uh, maybe gained a little momentum winning that set, a, a tough one. But they were definitely on just overall from start to finish. They they really did play well. And so those are fun to be a part of. You know, it's uh, it's a really good learning opportunity to have to put your back against the wall. The other team's got to do the same. And you both have to fight through through kind of uh, key moments, uh, key points and opportunities. And that's, that's what sports are all about. And that's what I told the guys at the end of that set is, hey, these are, this is why we play sports, you know, to push each other, to compete with somebody else. That's, that's what we get into it for. And so the guys were fortunate that they got to be a part of it because, you know, it didn't fall our way, but you get to be a part of something great. Certainly, this is a different season than last year, and you've talked a lot about, listen, and you've even said it here, no one's going to give us anything, right? Despite mm-hmm. the fact that you were 17-1 and last year, the one loss was in five in extras and the season before the pandemic hit. It was so dominating with the same team, essentially, the expectation was, 
well, hopefully it's going to be like that. It's certainly not. That doesn't mean you won't get to the uh, NCAA tournament and or win the national championship, but it's a different kind of season. So how are you navigating that with this team where it's like, hey, this isn't last year, but we're still good and we can even be great. And, and that's what we're uh, working on navigating right now. And it's a, it's a discussion that, you know, we're having, I, I think, at the right times because it's not something that we're going to just discuss at length to the point of the guys just tuning each other out. But that's, but that, that's the reality of it is, um, you know, these things being, being a great team. I discussed with you, I, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, months ago that, hey, the team we had last year, isn't going to be the team we've got this year teams and dynamics and everything changes year to year. Now we can, we have the potential to be great. And, uh, I, I, maybe, maybe there is a small thing, um, you know, that we're trying to work with the guys about, uh, the fact that it's not just going to occur as it did last year that, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely something that we're learning together it's something we've been preaching for a while, but I think slowly uh, the guys are starting to see it, you know, a little more firsthand that, hey, uh, everybody's gotten better. I knew NCAA volleyball top to bottom was going to be better than it was last year. And uh, so now we've got to battle through that and, and try to help these guys uh, kind of see their potential and, and work every single day in practice uh, to train at their, at their potential and to com- be able to then compete at the highest level they can. So, Sean, last year, you guys were number two, fighting for the number one spot most of the year, almost playing with a chip on your shoulder, it seemed, fighting really hard in every match to get to that point. This year, starting at number one, it seems almost as if you guys have been in cruise control and not playing with that chip on your shoulder. Do you think the loss last night will help to fire you guys up to to push to that next level? Not entirely, Steve, because I just feel like um, I just feel like we we need to play a little more uh, with a little more trust and confidence in in every every single person around us, and I think th- those are a few of the things that you know we we've lost for ro- one reason or another, and then that's just me being open and completely transparent. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope we, you know, in reality, I don't think we should be the way we're playing and, and we're just not playing clean, great volleyball. I don't think we should be anywhere towards, or towards you know, the number one team. You know, I, I really think that we, we have to look at it with uh, the mindset of, look, we're definitely not tapping into all that we can be. And so there's work to do and there's, there's a lot of work to do. And we, we've got to have that mindset. And if we don't, that's when, you know, things get in cruise control and uh, we, we've maybe been in that, that mode a little too much. Uh, unfortunately, as a team, when we get on the court, feeling like things are just going to go our way for one reason or, no- or another, and they really haven't, you know. Well, when this airs uh, on BYU Radio, you'll be, in the, you'll be in set two against GCU. So hopefully you've taken set one <laughs> and set two is going well. And uh, the good news, Sean, is it's February. And you hope to be your best in uh, late April and May. And uh, I know that's certainly the goal for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's what we're working towards. And so, again, together, uh, we're learning and growing. And, uh, but we, we've got to do it a little quicker than, <laughs> than, than we're, uh, we're seeing right now. So we're working towards that.
Okay, Sean, we appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully you're up set one right now. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> so Sean Olmstead always opening up front. I appreciate that. And now he's dealing with a different situation than, than last year. This is last year's team, but they're not performing like last year's team, Steve. Yet, ton of talent on this group. It is February, so BYU's got a, several minutes, if you will, to get ready for late April and early May. They don't trust each other at the level that Sean wants right now. Where does that manifest itself on the court? Well, and I think it's a lot of it comes with their their self confidence inside, their confidence as a team, and as they begin to perform better together, I think that trust kind of does begin to manifest itself. And I think as they, I, I I actually think it's a good thing that they lost again so quick. I'm curious to see what's going to happen today in this match, but I think it's it's good for them to kind of reset now so that they can peak at the moment they need to, which is late April into May. Yeah, MPSF tournaments where it's at, and then obviously uh, getting to the NCAA tournament, Columbus. And there's some demons to exercise in Columbus. Uh, BYU lost the 2017 national championship to Ohio State on that court. Okay, let's wrap up with the 80s or 90s TV show or movie of the week, Steve. Well, so mine is uh, the TV edited version of When Harry Met Sally. That is an <laughs> absolute. It's in the late 80s. I think it was like 89 is when it came out, but. Uh, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, that's a total classic. There's some incredibly funny lines in that movie. Love it to death. As good as Gabby Garcia Fernandez is at serving, you are better at the uh, references. You know what I mean? You're number one in the country. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that'll do it for us. We'll be back every Saturday throughout the season. Saturdays, 2.30 Eastern here on BYU Radio and on demand on the BYU Radio app. And where podcasts are found for Will Stanley, Sean Olmstead, producer Braden Flint, and Steve Vale. I'm Jeremy Jordan. This has been Over the Top. 